1: Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Can you define a person by their football team? I think often you can. Yeah, I, I
2: agree. Do you think modern players are different now? Maybe, yeah. We haven't thought about targeting the courtrooms for... Um, Listeners, I don't think anyone has. It's amazing what beers can do. <laughs> it's incredible. Back in the Premier League, <laughs> Ab was like, Are you coming home?
0: <laughs> I was like, We don't live there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the mighty fall, hey? <laughs> Hello, and welcome to that Peter Crouch podcast with me, Peter Crouch. Chris Stark and Statman Dave are with, with me as usual. You're right,
3: boys. Very good. Dave, good. Excellent. Festival season, one of my favourite times of year. I want to ask you two lads, best festival you've been to?
0: Oh, I'm, I'm a fan of the Isle of Wight, me. I do do go there a lot and um
2: we do have a good time. I'd like to go to the Isle of Wight with this isn't a beg, um it sounds it. I would like to go with Crouchy because it's his it's his thing. It's like <laughs> a home ground for him, home I, venue. He's sorted contracts at Isle of Wight Festival, do you know? <laughs> yeah, I did, but, actually, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like Think man on a small island, <laughs> eh? Yeah, him and, Daishi, yeah, me and backstage. Daishi thrashed it out
0: over Casabian. <laughs> Yeah, it was one of those. I got him. It's actually Ab was my was, uh,
2: used, was my agent. It's amazing what beers can do. <laughs> it's Incredible. Back in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's a, an amazing story, really. You know,
0: we thrashed it out. Ab was in, involved over a few, a few loads.
2: Was she basically saying stuff that you? probably couldn't say to him just face it up. I wouldn't have she gone. was like go
0: on get him, get him in the team he's really good you yeah, know if you're naive to all these how football works or the situation she just made it really simple she yeah. went well you're a manager you like him
2: sign him yeah and it, it did happen
0: don't say it down like that because she's probably entitled to some sort of 20% or something <laughs> but...
2: We should look at a festival um, stage for Crouch Fest again at some point, shouldn't we? Like... <clears throat> that needs to happen again. I mean, that, that,
0: only f- even just for us, it was mm. the most fun I think I've had. <laughs> you know, you
2: know, fuck everyone else. We... <laughs> <laughs> we
0: had a great time.
2: <laughs> it was very special evening, wasn't it? Because no one had a fucking clue what was going to happen, <laughs> us included. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much there was such a loose plan there was like certain things we were going to do and then we had George who produces the podcast he's there in our ears going "Ah, oh, we're going to have to skip out the next bit the crowd's too rowdy for it <laughs> like we've been told to calm things down a bit yeah, there was a couple of instances where can we... you fill for 30 minutes <laughs> do you remember when the message came through boys can you stop downing pints <laughs> Yeah, good good memories. We do need to look at that again. And we should say as well, um, I don't know, don't know about you boys, like it feels on social the passing of the pod is just ramped up another level. It feels we're getting Lovely. so many great stories really from you it. lot. There was a group of girls, did you see this one? Bowling in on a yacht into Monaco harbour. Playing the lead sprint low. <laughs> really? Yeah. I haven't seen this. Yeah, it's big. It's on the socials for this podcast. So yeah, go check that out if you Super. get a chance. And and yeah, just keep getting involved in the podcast however you'd like. Making us jingles or just spreading the word or even at a weekend treating yourself to a little low and sending us a picture. Yeah, i always I'll get good. at
0: least, you know, five or six of those over, over the course of a weekend. And I really enjoy them.
2: So, boys, today's episode, we're going to learn all about a footballer's contract. You know, every episode we delve into what it's like being a footballer and Crouch, you can sort of take us behind the scenes of that. We've had episodes about relegation, new managers, what happens in the off-season. So feel free to go back and listen to those if you haven't done so yet. But this one's about contracts. We've all had to sign contracts of employment at work. Uh, Have you, Dave? I always feel intimidated by contracts. Would you get a lawyer involved? Oh, we have the budget, so you have to, you so you have it to
3: do it yourself, don't you? Yeah, so you, you have to go through it. each of the clauses, each of the boring things like GDPR. You just don't care about it, to be quite mm. honest, do you? I feel like they try and lose you with
0: words, but they put it in such long form, they bore you to tears so you hope you miss things. I think that's the way
2: contracts are, uh, are dealt with. <laughs> There's so much I want to talk to you about today, Crouchy. Now, the good news is, everyone listening, Crouchy's brought one in, right? I've brought... So I brought this is one of my Premier League contracts from uh, Stoke City. Um,
0: right, I have, I have, you know, crossed out some information that <laughs> things like national insurance number. <laughs> you know, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of stopping fraud. <laughs> um, but but it's all here,
2: and feel free to go through it. I'm I'm
0: an open book.
2: We will, we will, and that's what today's episode is going to centre around. I'm so excited. I've got Crouchy's Stoke City contract in front of me right now i cannot wait player's surname crouch players four names peter james date of birth 3001 81 born mackersfield it's very exciting this
3: sorry to be the spoil sport guys but chris we've got to sort that pod admin out before we dive into
2: the contract chat quick reminder everyone we're offering an official england man of the match champagne one of crouches ones to the listener who passes the pod in the most effective or ingenious way. There's been a couple of uh, ways people have done this so far, hasn't it? Crouchy? Yeah, there's
0: been some absolute belters, but um,
2: I always forget that I'm
0: doing that, and see it's still in the office at the moment, and um, I- I'd like to keep hold of it, really, but I know I have said I've give it away, and I'll stick to my word. Yeah, and the problem is, we can't really store it at the pub. We
2: tried storing that picture David James made. I went in within within the hour? It it went. Gone. What they haven't discovered yet, I'm scared to mention it on here because I like seeing it every week and I would hate that someone comes in now and robs it. But I've hidden my uh, foot massager. <laughs> I love the fact it's just, it just stays
0: there. I think it looks like a projector above the TV. I think that's what's confusing people. Um, it's actually a foot
2: massager. <laughs> one day I want to come in for a drink, even away from you boys, and just be like, oh, I've got a foot massager downstairs. Do you want to have a go? Or like. <laughs> But I've heard of people doing this with pubs, you know, like where they've got a library of books and things like that. And then as a joke, someone's gone and put in their own little book mm. or one that they can take out of games, pub games, you know, little board games. And they've, uh, you know, added their own into the pub as well. I, did,
0: I, knew, I knew someone was staying in a specific um, hotel and I, we put like a little note in one of the books and then we sent her a clue of which book it was in. It's
2: quite, It was quite good fun. Did they find it? Yeah, they did find it, yeah. Ah, oh, okay. So... So if, have you ever done the one in the hotel you know where the mirror steams up in the bathroom yeah and you write on it a really oh, yeah. threatening message <laughs> <laughs> it's all twisted. It, it only appears again when it next steams oh, up the God. next day and it's like I'm watching you I'm watching you <laughs> That's where you could pass the pods. Uh, this is what I mean. Like these pass are all. The pod. That's a great one. Please write it into steamy windows <laughs> or back of dirty vans. You know, don't do the old like. If you think this is dirty, you should see my wife. <laughs> like that's where the that's where to be passing the pod you Yeah, know? that's a that's a
0: pod pass. That the thing that comes to my mind straight away is the is the cock and balls. Every you know, like yeah. that. If you see a window or a steamed up mirror, it is a penis with the balls and usually a squirt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
2: it's yes. not gonna make it, I mean, is it. <laughs> no, it's normally a, a dotted line emulating from the. It's, a, it's a dotted line, yeah. But please, just pass the pod. Like, we'd like to claim that all penises that you see in in dirty vans or windows are passing the pod of some kind. But I don't, I don't think it is. I think you're right. It's just people doing a cock and balls. Mm. But yeah, but I mean, pass the pod. Get it on vans. Get it on mirrors. So, so anyway, already some ideas there. But you guys have already been at it. Passing the pod. People like Lauren, right? Yeah, Lauren here
0: says, uh, I'm climbing Mount Kilimanjaro in the summer for charity and I believe I could break new ground when it comes to passing the pod. Have you got any suggestions for what I could do at the summit to help spread the good word of that Peter Crouch podcast around Eastern Africa? I can't carry anything too bulky in my rucksack, but I will record
2: a video or whatever you want at the top. Hmm. What have we got in mind here? Well, there's the obvious, isn't there? You just perform the robot on top of Kilimanjaro. Oh, nice. Okay. Like, just perform, like you know, performance piece. I'd like to see
3: that, Lawrence. Statistically, yeah. that would be the highest ever robot in the world. The top of Kilimanjaro is pretty high. 5,895 metres. Obviously, you guys, that's just a number. Premier League pitch recommended to be 105 metres. So Kilimanjaro, if you envisage it, 56 football pitches stacked on top of each other. They,
2: they always measure things in football pitches, Whoa. don't they? I always find that... I find that an odd measurement. It's it's always oh it's the look for three football pitches.
0: I think they do it because it makes
2: sense <laughs> to, to people like me.
0: Like he said to me five thousand nine hundred meters. Right? No clue. That could be like in the Eiffel Tower, or mm. it could be yeah. you know a mountain. No idea. But like you say to me fifty six football pitches. I've Fun got <laughs> I've got it.
2: <laughs> yeah, nice one, Lauren. Then so um, passing the pod, I think doing the robot, maybe singing. Let's drink loud at the same time. We'll we'll leave it up to your interpretation. Uh, if you need any uh, things, little flags, t-shirts, we should be selling those by now, but we're not. <laughs> uh, but but like, we can, you know, we'll try try get something to you. you just not not your own t-shirt, though. <laughs> if you don't mind, we haven't got onto
3: that yet. We've got one from Francis. Francis saying, I'm a serving police officer and regularly interview suspects which are record often played in court. I try to build a rapport with the det- detainee to do so by informing them about the podcast. Sometimes they appreciate the suggestion. Other times they're incredibly confused. Either way, it may get played in court which would pass the pod some more. Wow.
2: That's, this is incredible. So it's where, you know on Line of Duty where they press record on the thing and it goes <laughs> beep. And then they start the questioning. This person's technique is to talk about the podcast to try calm them down because you can't no comment. Do you listen to that Peter Crouch podcast? I don't you? know if you do that. You're a strong person if you do that. Yeah. Did, Did you nope. steal this car? No comment. Where were you under? No comment. Do you listen to that Peter Crouch podcast? Yes, I do. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great technique.
3: That,
2: isn't it? Great technique. If we get everyone,
3: every police officer during the interview to do that. That is 100,000 courtrooms we could be hitting. Then you think, how many people oh. in a courtroom? 20 to 30 people, maybe? I don't know. Some oh, serious, yeah, yeah. Good, no.
2: start, good numbers, Dave. <laughs> really good. It we'll makes make... sense now. <laughs> we haven't thought about targeting the courtrooms for um, <laughs> listeners. I don't think anyone has. And they're missing a huge trick here. There's a lot of people this we could be here. quite literally a captive audience <laughs> in there. <laughs> no one's <laughs> talking either. That's the other thing. You know what I'd like? You know one of them little court sketches? like to draw us out like just add on a little past the pod on the shirt because they always make the news as well because they're not allowed cameras in there they do a sketch if you notice with the sketches as well they always make them look extra like they would make you look fucking hilarious <laughs> if you were in court <laughs> see rooney it was amazing yeah, like the, the pictures they are him. bad aren't
0: they i think they're having to laugh them aren't
2: they? of course they are because they never draw them like happy or like it's always like They know what they're doing. They're shithouses. They look a
0: bit like Rold Dahl's
2: what, you know, Quentin Blake. Yeah. They're they're drawn like that, aren't they? The court ones, I think, are brilliant artists, but they always, they can never get them across like... They're taking the piss, aren't they? You're telling me there's (laughs) there's so many good artists
0: out there, right? And the ones you see in the courtroom are like... (laughs) Bang average, aren't they? <laughs> but they all like accentuate
2: <laughs> they look like the person <laughs> accentuate your features, though. <laughs> They're going kind of on the news for God's sake. Yeah, but they the reason they do it, I think, is because they've got to draw you in quite a serious way because it's a serious situation. It's a bit like, um, you know, Pierce Morgan when he does those shows with murderers, but they need a picture for the TV guide and mm. stuff like that, so he has to pose with the murderers. Neither of them smile. <laughs> Because you can't, you can't smile with a murderer. With a murderer. Yeah. But then, when you image search Pierce Morgan murderer show, whatever it is, right? There's just a gallery of pictures with Pierce Morgan doing serious face. Right? Like <laughs> <laughs> you can't, if they're a murderer, you can't smile. Yeah, 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 yeah. everyone knows that. It's a rule. Yeah, it's, it's been going on for <laughs> That's years. That's just
0: a rule. <laughs> Yeah, if you are a courtroom uh, sketcher, I'm not even sure of the term, what what that job is really. But if you are, we're on YouTube now, if you could sketch us, um, how you see us, maybe in a courtroom situation, um, that would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I it'd mean, it would really also good. be great if we had
2: a courtroom sketcher who listens to the pod regularly. That would be interesting. Surely we do. Maybe when they're sketching, because they don't need to hear the court case, do they? No, they're, just, just... they're taking all the visuals. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's a job I've never really thought about. <laughs> It's going to really stick with you today,
0: isn't it? I can tell. Oh, yeah. I wonder what they where they live and stuff. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I thought it's just a job that like no one's ever said at school. Like, what do you want to be? I'm an average drawer, so um, I'd like to be a courtroom scheduler. All right.
2: Oh, this is good already. <laughs> Last podcast, we touched on a new subject, Daughter Housery. Yeah, we did. Going nuclear was the um, quote from you, I think. A lot of messages from you guys about this, including this one from Chloe. Me and my family are all huge Sunderland supporters. So when I brought a Newcastle fan home, my dad just shook his head and said, a fucking mag. <laughs> <laughs> she usually goes on to say, I've never felt so ashamed.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> think he's aggressive. He's just like, oh, he just disappointed me here. Can you define a person by their football team? I think often you can. Yeah, I, I agree. That
2: might be wrong to say, but I, I, agree. I think, you know, you are what you are, aren't you? And you can't change that. No. I think of all the teams as well, Newcastle and Sunderland, I think, is that the ultimate tricky one if your daughter brings home someone from the... Is, is, is Chloe's situation here the ultimate? Celtic Rangers. or Right. Galatasaray. Oh, mm. I'd love to hear your impression of... Uh, <laughs> So someone someone's uh, right let's say Chloe is from she's a Fenerbahce fan mm. and she's brought home a Galatasaray yeah. goozer yeah. Um, do you want to uh, role play what happens uh, we'll just go a fucking Galatasaray eh? <laughs> what <laughs> no the
0: disrespect <laughs> the respect none <laughs> oh hey i <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's exactly how it would have been yeah oh I feel like we've discussed so much already keep, keep sending in your, your ways of passing the pod the champagne man of the match champagne up for grabs on that one and, and your stories like Chloe's there of daughter housery um, they are fun they're slightly triggering considering mm. both Crouchy and I have daughters but it's not something we should have to just, worry just about don't, for... don't go nuclear guys no, have us some respect <laughs> Should we crack on with this? I've got Crouchy's Premier League contract for Stoke City in front of me. Dave, you've got the same. Just Scanning the first page here, it's got it's great. It's got all your some of your details here. You have been very careful about how you've redacted this for fraud purposes. Yeah, yeah, it's man, full of blocked you know, I'm, out I'm hot like. on fraud. You,
0: know, you can't, <laughs> can never be too careful. You know, we're all friends here, but you don't know where's that going to go after. Can well, the leave it? Got got it in printed
2: here? out in the pub printer. <laughs> <down there. laughs> Well, about seven minutes me, ago. She's
0: telling me the fella in, in the pub geese has got, the he's just come him. down and yeah. there
2: go, boys. Oh, yeah. the <laughs> well, mighty fall, hey <laughs> So where should we start then? I think, um, look, in terms of negotiating this contract mm. in its first form, is that something that you deal with directly with the manager or is this where the agent just... By the
0: time you go up or go down to wherever you're signing, things are verbally kind of agreed you know like you might there might be a little bits and pieces of to and throwing but these days you sort of know potentially the length of the contract any bonuses in it and obviously the wages things are pretty much sorted then you you, you yeah there might be a bit of to and fro and you know I, I might sit out and then my agent and uh the chief executive uh, or the sporting director now um we'll we'll, we'll sort of thrash it out and um you know, there's a bit of negotiation, a bit of wiggle room, but then you're pretty, you know, set on signing then.
2: Who decides your value? Is it, is it you or the agent? That is left to them. I mean, he should know
0: what the highest earners are at the club, you know, what the median range is, and, you know, what the lowest earners are at that specific club, and then go in and value me as the player they're buying. Like, where do I sit on that wage structure? And then go in and say, right, well, like we see him here.
2: Let's get into some of the clauses here. I'd like to take to schedule two, clause 11. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember it well. Uh, it says the player's normal retirement age is 35. Mm. You retired at 38. I did, yeah. So this specific
0: contract is probably my last contract at Stoke. <clears throat> I signed for two years, but I signed the day before my 36th birthday. And I remember. Speaking to the chief exec saying, you'll be 37 when you retire. That's a good, you know, it's a good going. Or 37 when you come to the end of this contract. That's, that's oh, fantastic. And I was like, yeah, yeah, signed it all. And then the lady um, the secretary came in and said, oh, oh great news, you're signed another year, like a couple of years, really pleased for you. And happy birthday for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I just made sure it was all signed up. <laughs> I realised that actually, yeah, it does take me to
2: 38. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great isn't it did you see their face at that point
0: well they're like... a little bit surprised obviously you know I had a good relationship with everyone at Stoke and um, yeah, we, we had a little smile about it <laughs> it was yeah they might have sneaked an extra year but it was um, yeah it was it, listen you know I, I loved my time there and like that that extra two year contract was um, it was great it Just we we all just didn't no negotiation it was the same same terms just for another two years and uh I loved, I loved my time there. It was good. Did you try
2: and get... No, like, feel free to stop me at any of these points. Why did you decide to not negotiate for more money at that point then? Do you just... No, I you was... Just, was it you and Tony having a conversation or what? Yeah, it was
0: so easy. I mean, Tony Scholes was the chief exec. Obviously, um, I think Mark Hughes was the manager at that time. Um, I'd played quite a lot of games, but at the start of the season, I... Um, you know, listen, I'm thirty-six years old, you know, so they're trying to replace me, but continued to play. So I was well worth it. I think everyone's could see how fit I was. Um, you know, I was more than fit enough to continue to play in the Premier League. I could have played every single game if asked of me. Um so yeah, it was it was a no-brainer, really. I think I was contributing and I felt that um you know, I didn't deserve less, but I didn't deserve more, and I thought I was comfortable with that.
2: It's interesting with this retirement clause, isn't it? Because I, I don't understand why it's in here. Is it basically saying we're acknowledging that you're you're an OAP. You're gone. in terms of football. Yeah, I think, like, think they just acknowledged it's an elderly it. horse. You've, you've gone now, um, you know. So we're giving so, you this out of respect, really. Yeah. Rather, you than, should be retired. Yeah. That's what this is saying. You should be retired. Yeah, but we want you. Is yeah, that, I
0: don't know why that is. Isn't isn't it? It's <laughs> a
2: strange one, isn't it? Like,
0: it's basically saying, like, you know,
2: I don't know. You've done well, haven't you? Like, I'm sure there must be lawyers listening to this that will be able to explain why this isn't Crouchy's contract. But... Well, I think the player's
0: normal retirement age is... That's a strange... Because, like, you know, 10 years ago, it would have been 30, 32. Mm. You know, and, and now it's it's older. We see players going into their late their late 30s, looking after themselves more. I felt like, even when I retired, I retired at, what, 30, 38, 39? 38, I think I retired. I, I felt I could have gone on. I, like I felt fit. I felt good enough to to carry on
3: but I just I wasn't playing enough and I I didn't want to be a be a fraud really what about this one Crouchy clause seven the residency clause is a condition of a player's employment that he shall reside at a location within 35 miles radius of the club's training ground unless in exceptional circumstances when written permission is obtained right yeah this is one of those sort of I know it's written but it's unwritten
0: if you know what I mean like it's it, yeah it's a 35 mile radius <laughs> but you lived in Surrey <laughs> <laughs> listen I remember when I was at Tottenham I went in as a Tottenham player and came home oh I didn't come home I went in and then went to Stoke and Ab was like are you coming home? <laughs> I was like we don't live there anymore <laughs> In Stoke now, Abby. yeah, we, we're up there now, and she was like, "Oh, that's quite quite happy here." We'd only had the one baby, and it, you know, but if you had, imagine that did that, we had got four kids now. They're all in school, and I go, "Right, we we live up there now." Mate. Uh, it's, it's a bit well, so there are circumstances where you might live just outside there, but they recommend you live close to the training ground, and that is, I totally get it. It's, that's you know, you should you should live near the training ground. You know, if I was a a twenty one year old player, twenty you know, young player. I would, you know, you've got to do things right. I mean, I was 36, 37 then when I was living, you know, away from the from the ground. Um,
2: but yeah, I wouldn't. you wouldn't do that if you were starting your career. I think what you've done there with abs is potentially the solution to, you know where you have a big night out and you end up somewhere new and like you've gone back and stayed at a mate. So you said you were coming back and you didn't. You've ended up in a different town, that kind of thing. You've had a massive one, right? right. And then you have to put that call in. It's like, where are you? If you've got the finances of a footballer, what you do to get around there is go, it wasn't just a big night out, we now live here. (laughs) So in fact, you just put it straight on her toes. You are in fact in the wrong place.
0: I'm I'm actually home. (laughs) (laughs) Amsterdam. (laughs) you sure you haven't had a bad one?
2: No. No, No. we live here and you are late. (laughs) You know, with the training ground thing, so when you sign for a club, do you get out one of those what they called at school, compasses, and you put it on the training ground and then draw a circle around the training ground of 35 miles and try to find the nicest place you can. You say that. I have seen I have seen a map of
0: areas that you can live like that, very much like that, like the M25, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, like that kind of thing with the radius. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, there are some places that certain players, you know, they, they, they like foreign. a lot of the foreign players, they don't want to live out in the sticks, in the countryside, they want to live in the city. Um, yeah, and, and training grounds are often outside. So, there's. I think everyone's circumstances are different, but the club recommend you're within that radius, and that is totally understandable.
3: Let's talk about bonuses. So, schedule one, clause one of the contract. We've got to be pretty on point here. The player we paid for each starting appearance in a competitive first team Premier League fixture, typically ten percent of the weekly wage. This this for me is like
0: I wasn't playing as much, so like they might decrease my wages, but it would
3: increase if
0: I played. So it would give me an incentive to to play competitive fixtures.
3: So is this not encouraging you to be parched? Yeah, of Mm.
0: course. I mean, you know, football in general encourages you to be parched, doesn't it? I mean, they they want you'd rather be they'd rather parched than than hydrated. I think.
2: So (laughs) honestly, I know you'll say. Yeah, but I want to play football like it's not about it. How much do you think about it? Because ten percent is quite a lot in this instance, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, it would be. Um, and if you've got two, three games a week, you know that if I start all three, it's it's an incentive, isn't it, to mm. to start?
3: Dave, next clause. Next clause. Schedule two. Clause two A. In an event, the club are relegated. To the EFL during the term of this contract the players wage shall be reduced by 45% in respect of each regulation from the 1st of July of each year of such relegation
0: right yeah it's big isn't it mm. I mean it's, it's, it hurts everyone it hurts the whole city we've we discussed relegation on this um, series haven't we and it, you know it affects the whole city it affects everyone everyone suffers so the people really that made that happen are the players you know they that is quite a standard clause now, 45%. So, okay,
2: so you're balancing reduction. up. Let's say it's quite likely that you might be there or thereabouts at the bottom of the Premier League. Yeah. There's a high risk that one year into your contract, of which it's like two, three years, you're going to have to take a 50%. But it's well, all, it's all based
0: around the um, Premier League being what it is. You know, like you, are, you sign as a Premier League player, go on Premier League wages. If you get relegated, you go on Championship wages. Mm. That unfortunately, is the nature of how it is. Even if you're Peter Crouch? Yeah, at that yeah. time. I think maybe Peter Crouch at 24 might have been a different story. <laughs> um, I got re- we got relegated with Southampton, and obviously like, I remember speaking to um, Rupert Lowe, and Liverpool came in for me, for instance, and I was like, well, I want to go to Liverpool. And he said, no, like you don't have to take a cut in wages. You can stay on the wages you're on, and you can get us back up. And I think you know there were certain players at Stoke, for instance, when we got relegated, who stayed on and even signed new contracts, you know, and probably stayed on because they wanted to keep hold of them. If you're a top player and you want to move on, go, like, no, I want to play in the Premier League, you've got to look after that player if you want him to stay. So they might not be on 50%, mm-hmm. um, which isn't great for the for the dressing room, but I think if you could, if the player is that good, you can understand
2: it. That's mm. what it is. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's weird seeing it. In front of me, like it's weird seeing... Because all I ever see is the top cover on the signing photo, mm. you know? That's all I've yeah. ever seen. I've always thought that's bollocks anyway, we've yeah, discussed yeah. this. But yeah, I think we've already signed it. So you're just posing with a pen really, aren't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't you think they, they need to switch that up a bit as well? I think they should be more creative on, on that front. The only thing I can compare it to in my life is where... You, you know if you get married and you sign oh, the yeah, thing exactly. on the side... Mm. I feel like a footballer in that photo sometimes you get a hand on your shoulder from a parent for like one of the it's like I condone this marriage you know what you should do you know like instead of that
0: you know well it's your house right when you've got the wedding photo yeah, on the side there yeah. like someone like Dave or you know George potentially could edit your missus out yeah and put like Calderon <laughs> <laughs> just over over the top of you or something like that and <laughs> <A new> you signing <laughs> <laughs> you know, in like a Real Madrid shirt like that you know what like even the other way like if um, edit your husband out if he doesn't listen to the pod edit yeah. him out and get your, your uh, chief bridesmaid to hold the
2: shirt up you too could sign for Real Madrid do the signing of the register right for their marriage one but then whip out a training jacket or something from a club like with with your brides or your, or your husband, like yeah. where, whichever, whoever's doing this next to you, just whip out a trend and then sign with the pen, like as if you're in one of those photos. That's the one. Like, so give it the attitude, like yeah. the exact. It, I, the first person to do this, I think, has got to win a prize. When you're signing that register, think of us. It's boring anyway. It's like, it's one of those it's official things. Or if you're going to um, local town hall to, you know, do the sign in there, the registry office, registry office, try turn that into a. a into like a transfer sign-in or like contract renegotiation perfect and look proud
1: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.
3: Back to
2: your deal, Crouchy.
3: Schedule 2, Clause 3A. The Premier League positional bonus... If the club finishes in 12th position or better, the player shall be entitled to a bonus to be paid at the end of the season, provided the player has made at least 19 appearances in competitive Premier League fixtures. Yeah, see, so this this is um, one that players probably do know
0: about. I mean, listen, the, the amount of money the, the club gets for finishing um, each place now is almost like a million quid. You know, it's a lot of money to to the club. So, yeah, players negotiate at the start of the season, like the captain potentially will go in and sort of negotiate what the players want for 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 those places. And then, um, yeah, for Stoke, obviously, you know, Man United, it might be different, like 12th is seen as a huge failure, you know, but for, for Stoke, it's, you know, anywhere above that is probably, you know, staying in the league is a, is an achievement, and then obviously, top 10, it's uh, worth a lot of money to the club. So, the players do get that bonus, but yeah, there are players on 18
2: appearances that won't be too happy. <laughs> but, do, do you how, how do you benchmark Could another player on your team have this agreement, but on a different position? No, this is across the board, yeah, yeah. This is this is a bonus. So, like,
0: we'll go in at the start of the season, we'll go right, like win the FA Cup, they'll, they'll give a bonus sheet, and then we'll sort of negotiate it ourselves between us as players. Win the FA Cup or get to so-and-so round, that be a bonus. Carabao Cup, the same. And then a league finish finishing position. Um, and that bonus will be paid at the end of the year.
3: Is it a hierarchy? So the captain gets the most or is everyone gets the same? No,
0: that'll be across the board, yeah. If you play 19 games, that'll be...
3: Exactly your... the same.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, I can't vouch for it, but the clubs that I've played for, that is, that would be across the board,
2: yeah. Schedule 2, Clause 3B. Do you remember it? yeah. Actually, I do know. This is, this is a clause that you do know about. Right. So, during the terms of this contract, the player will be paid a goal bonus and each season he scores 10 or more Premier League goals. Such payment will be payable on the 28th of June. Following the end of season, the player qualifies for the bonus. I Stoke at that time. Listen, there were
0: so many top teams and we finished in the top half. That is a successful season. If your leading goal
3: scorer gets double figures, he's done well. As soon as you've signed that contract and this clause goes in, are you straight away training ground, showing the gaffer that you can take penalties? There are players, obviously, 100% did that. You know, I I didn't really... I signed this and
0: I thought, you know, I'll get to 10, I'll back myself. But I never... It was never really at the detriment. I was never greedy. It never, it never crossed my mind once when I was playing. I, I know that there are players out there, players that I played with, that did think about that 100%. But... I can't say I hand on heart, I can genuinely say that I didn't. And I didn't take a lot of penalties, you know, so I could have maybe sneaked in there a couple of times more, mm. but I never thought about my contracts or how much money I was earning at any point on a football pitch ever.
3: Nine goals, last game of the season. Stoker in thirteenth place. If they win, they go to twelfth. <laughs> yeah. You have a teammate square of you. This is a tapping. And Outovich is waiting for the tapping. You going for
2: goal.
0: Ha <laughs> ha what a scenario. Um I am going to go for goal, yeah, but not <laughs> not for any other reason. Not for any other reason than I, I want to score on the last day of the season, and uh, and I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm selfish
3: in front of goal. I think you have to be. So you bagged the goal tenth of the season. Stoker in twelfth. Everyone's dead up in the squad,
0: apart from Marco. <laughs>
3: not from Marco Steaming because he finishes on nine goals in the season. He is livid with you. He didn't spoke to you in two months.
0: Yeah, I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't cross my mind that that had happened honestly like you must rack up the numbers like in your head I know what numbers I'm on definitely yeah and I'm thinking probably yeah I want to get to double figures but it's not it's not for financial gain it's for the fact I want to be in double figures and that financial gain at the end of the season is like oh that's nice it's not something that I play for or ever have played for Mm. and that's the truth honestly
2: yeah but Crouch you need a new slide for the pool you know you want to buy (laughs) abs a nice tree
0: you you know slides and trees aren't cheap are they they're not cheap (laughs)
2: they're not and you're thinking to yourself just one more goal here yeah. i'm getting a significant amount more money yeah, so i'm not,
0: but... not going to say to you i'm going to sit and say to you it's not nice to yeah. get receive a bonus someone says to you there's your bonus but i think all the people that do get bonuses you know if you're a banker or whatever you know whatever you do you're doing it and you're just doing it and then the benefits come when you've done your job properly so if you think about them more, you're motivated by them, I don't think they're calm as readily. You know what I mean? I think you, you dedicate yourself to profession and doing the job properly and rewards will come. That's why I always look to my career, hand on heart, always. Do you think modern players are different now? Maybe, yeah. I mean, the sums of money now are, are like Harlan's deal now, right? He won't have to work again ever. Um, he'll never have to do anything ever again. Um, The same with you know, Bappe, for instance, once he signs that deal, you know, like that, I mean, you're talking about some of the bonuses there are, like, astronomical, aren't they? I mean, it's, um, it, yeah, it slightly, I mean, this is still life-changing money, but probably different now, and there probably is a more of a financial motivation, yeah, I'd say so.
2: Let's, let's talk about goal bonuses then, because obviously it's favourable for a striker. Should defenders be given goal bonuses? My theory on this is it's encouraging them to not do their job. So you you think a defender should get a goal bonus? No, I don't think they no, should. No, no, they don't. But then they're getting a raw deal in these well, clean of situations. Sheet yeah, but then even then, I think that's slightly reductive to the role of of most defenders. Just saying, it's your bonus for a clean sheet. It's way easier for you to get your you, goal bonus.
0: Well, it's just that, like in all honesty, like that is it's an individual act, isn't mm. it? Like a clean sheet is a collective.
2: Yeah, exactly that. Oh, they're, they're lucky to be on the pitch. They're, they're less technical is than the, anyone else. This is the thing. Like I think they get. I think defenders. Uh, you know, speaking as a left back, Chris, they're lucky um, to be there.
0: They're lucky to be on. The, they're not as technical. They're stoppers. They're spoiling an
2: amazing sport. But their contra- <laughs> for their contract, they should be rewarded for doing so. What is the bonus for a defender being there? No, that's not. <laughs> It's not in their contract. You, 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 you know. You should just be lucky to be here. To be there, yeah. yeah, yeah. What under their bonus section two yeah, yeah. clause three, lucky, three b clause three b bonuses? You're, You're lucky, lucky to, to be, be there. <laughs> what triggers for bonuses can there be for defenders? As and a, do they exist in the contract? As a left back, I think an assist. You know, I think Robertson or or, or why has he got to be helping the attack? Yeah, why can't you be judged the on? Yeah, but why can't your bonuses be judged on the key thing of being a defender, which is defending? One-on-one I. take-ons or something like that, like well, not getting beat. Last so man challenges. Because that would encourage you to always fucking peg it back. <laughs> yeah, but also, <laughs> that also encourages, you know, you to push out the whole defence and then you hang back for the last ditch. Yeah, also it encourages <laughs> you to let a striker through I mean, and back. then run trust your pace to be able to get back. As I'm saying, if you're financially
0: motivated like that, then, you know, if imagine,
2: imagine you you were letting them, letting them through
0: and then last ditching them for a grand.
2: <laughs> Dave, give me a defensive stat that can be used to trigger a bonus the same way a goal bonus can and, and who would be getting them?
3: I think it, you've got to break it down on on what the role is, right? As we spoke about previously, mm-hmm. if you play for Man City... And you're just doing last-ditch tackles. You get Carl Walker, you get, you know, you get 200 grand for doing three last-ditch tackles. Doesn't quite work out because he's got to play with the ball. He's got to pro- pass progressively. He has to get some expected assists knocked up. his... Challenge win rate needs to be high, yeah. Because Pep would be like, "What the
2: fuck are you doing, man?" Like Kyle's <laughs> basically standing aside. We don't know he's not. That's not what's happening, really, no. do we? Actually, he does make a lot of last ditch tackles. <laughs> it is a bit suspicious that. Do we think that's the? Is bonus? he on the last
3: ditch tackle bonus? <laughs> I think he might be. I think he's motivated the wrong way. But if you look at, for example, right, so that's a City fullback, a Burnley fullback, like a Charlie Taylor, completely different. He's going to get money for putting the ball into the channel. Going to get money for tackling. Crossing from deep. That, 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 this is what I'm saying. You're opening a can of worms here. You're,
0: you can't start giving all these kinds of bonuses. <laughs> Everyone knows the striker scores a
2: goal, he gets a bonus. That's, yeah, but that's, that's the way so football's always but, been. But that's the thing. It's only ever been thought about like that. The game is more granular in how it's mm. analysed. There should be a crossing from deep bonus.
0: <laughs> in... <laughs> okay, so... First Manning First, First man Manning bonus, bonus. <laughs> Charging bonus Imagine
2: it, at the end of it It's like a lottery As to which bonus you've got It's like surely we've hit one yeah, of them the, the, the
0: problem is
2: you, you, <laughs> the, the, the
0: secretary She won't be able to cope With the stands You know It's like oh my god yeah, the Charging bonus Three grand The draft excluder bonus yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's gone, Full
2: he's frontal like, bonus He's gone full frontal as well That's double Full frontal double Can I throw a clause in?
3: it's called the fulfilling tactical role clause. Mm. So you're set at the start of the season, a tactical role, and obviously there's statistics that are on part of that. If you fulfill this tactical role end of the year, 200 passes per game or whatever it is, X amount of tackles, and you fulfill that, you get a little bonus. But those stats would have to be built in a way where it's for the team and it's progressive in terms of how they want to play. But can
2: you make, do you think as a stat guy, you can make that work for an individual player as part of a team?
0: Yes. You're saying there's a part, you think that this passes, you can get bonus for the amount of passes. So more on
3: where that pass goes. So let's say if it's a line-breaking pass or a progressive pass, or if you look at something like expected threat, where your decision means that it's more likely to score a goal on the back of that. That's a valid question that probably needs, you know, answering.
0: Um, I do think, I do worry that, you know, there might be a, a tendency, if you are motivated by financial gain, to turn and continually play <laughs> forward <laughs> passes. Constantly trying to get people in, and perhaps lose possession. So <laughs> if you could do, yeah, progressive passing that gets to its intended target, but then take off that money, if that pass doesn't come off. Yes,
3: absolutely. <laughs> so
0: if you yeah. turn and give away possession...
1: 50 that pounds.
0: that, that you've, you've completed one forward pass or an assist that is taken away from you from the next forward pass that goes astray.
2: Bang. Well, I think that if you're doing that then, if a defender scores rather than yourself, you should have to give your goal bonus to them. <laughs> that's the problem. And I think that's why. I think
0: perhaps we should, this day and age, people are earning good money, certainly in Premier League, do away with bonuses and just clause 3B, be happy to be there. <laughs>
2: What was that overall phrase you used Uh, to describe it?
3: If we're fulfilling a tactical role.
2: Yeah, so I think, are you saying that the algorithm would be so complicated in figuring out that as a player, you wouldn't really be thinking about it on the pitch?
3: Basically, you'd have your your role from your coach, and that's Mm. what your coach would say. You know, this is what we want from the role of how you play within our system. This is what we want you to do. And then you'd, in a way, you'd kind of not know what's happening in the background of it. And then at the end of the, the, season, end of the you, season, you use a little pay packet and you can go get yourself a golden slide. Yeah, you'd get like,
0: so it'd be like number of appearances, maybe assists, you know, like you go right down to the, like, keeper claiming them. First Manning, fiver.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> First Manning. Charging, tenner.
2: <laughs> Players should get paid more for running at the ball in the way Joe Cole described on a previous mm. episode. Mm. That's where the bonuses should be. The extra grit, the stuff that hurts, not just goals. Well, this
0: is taking me down memory lane, I have to say. I feel like I'm a footballer again. I hope you've learned something, boys,
2: about how the contracts work. Yeah. I mean, we're only on page two. <laughs> <laughs> I feel there's loads of jump-off points with this contract. We should do this again another time.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we, like say, we've got loads more pages,
2: haven't we, to go through, but um, it's been interesting. Look, if you listen to this and you've got questions, that's what we're here for. You can email Crouchy, get your questions in. The email address is acast.com. I'm loving the excitement around the creation of our podcast drink. It's actually happening, which is insane. Yes, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's the laout. It's a half lager, half stout, uh, which was once said as a joke and now seems to be becoming a thing.
0: Like, where did it all start?
2: <laughs> I can't well, was, remember now. Was it in lockdown? For some reason we were discussing it. Half lager, and half And we said stout. a half lager, half stout. And the lout was born. The lout was born, and then we get so much on social from people who are out and about at a weekend or enjoying a lout after a hard day at work. So we thought we would uh, actually create this drink so you can just get it, which we're so excited about. And the idea is this is going to be ready to release by the end of the series, which is just amazing. Like, the idea that this could be out there, crowd. No, I,
0: I've seen I mean, the can design's ridiculous. You know, I look horrendous, um... <laughs> me in those pants with those hairy big legs <laughs> yeah the teeth are you know not the best teeth but jeez, i mean christ almighty <laughs> I've, I've
2: had the raw end of the deal it makes me laugh every time i look yeah, at it well i suppose that's that's what we were looking for really wasn't it the Brewdog beer wizard has sent us the first batch and we gave him some feedback we thought the taste was was perfect it was the texture that just needed a bit of work right Bit more
0: cream to it i th- i felt
2: Crouchy, what's the latest? Yeah, well, actually, believe it or not, I've got a
0: voicemail here from the Brewdog Beer Whisperer this week. Um, and after our feedback, he's, uh, he's changed a few things. I'll play it for you now.
1: You have eight new messages. First new message.
4: Hey, Crouchy. Paddy, the Brewdog Beer Whisperer here. Sorry I missed you. I'm just on my way out to America to sit the master Cicerone exam, the hardest beer exam in the world. So I'm going to be off-grid for the next week or two. But I thought I would get back to you quickly. I heard your feedback about the first batch of the lout and I agree that we could make it a little bit creamier. So I've asked the beer wizard to add some Munich malt for kind of chewy, bready flavour and I've asked him to reduce the carbonation so it's just a little bit less fizzy as well and hopefully that gets us the kind of balance of the nice malty stout with the the kind of slight fizzy crisp uh, summer's day lager as well. Um, So the good thing is everything's in place. Um the BrewDog Beer Wizards got everything ready for the the final batch of Lao to come together. So hopefully it's going to be the way you imagined it and we're all set for the end of your series. I look forward to seeing you with the first keg of laout in a couple of weeks. Um See you then. Bye. Bloody that, isn't
0: it? I was just, um, I just keep saying there, like, I wonder why you have to say laout. You can't just say laout. It's a funny word to try and get you your mouth really around, around, isn't it? Laout. Laout. <laughs> But I was—I'm really pleased there. You know, he went—he's he's talking about getting the Munich malt there. Munich malt
2: was the key ingredient, I think, and I'm glad that you
3: mentioned it. I think like it's a good one.
2: Yeah, you have to go to Munich for it. So it all feels like the drink itself is coming together nicely uh, for the end of the series. Last episode, we found out that we've got space for a few taglines on our load billboards. <laughs> I don't really understand how this is going to work. I believe we're waiting on confirmation about where the billboard will be. But we've got previous You placed us
0: in Blackpool last time, didn't you? You thought it was Bond Street in London. A lot more traction. But it was round the back of the Pleasure Beach.
2: Yeah, it was. Anyway, it it actually made some noise for what it's worth. (laughs) Maybe the drawing sort of deserved that, really. It was to advertise the podcast. We were given a billboard. Anyway, it's for another time. But what's cool about this is we might have a billboard or two that we can advertise the Lao on. You guys have been sending in your taglines. Some of them are great. I love them. I like this one from Nathan. He said, uh, Come and have
0: a la-out if you think you're parched enough. He's, uh, he's, he's the one that sung that amazing song in the, in the last episode. Yeah. Um, Lao. Loud. 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 Lager and stout. <laughs> yeah, nice. Come and have a go, a go if you think you're parched enough. enough. I loved it. <laughs> um, quite a simple one here lots of people sending this one in just parched question mm. mark for the tagline
2: really like that um, I like this one from Ben as well beer of two halves mm. That's. I mean that's really clever it's almost too clever I um, think Ross
3: is one of the nerds out here uh, his tagline on the board high
2: expected refreshment XR one for you yeah, yeah. absolutely that's a Statman Dave fan there uh, this one from John just says lager plus stout equals loud I actually quite like that. Mm. It explains what we've done. And a little bit of maths (laughs) in there, the way it's drawn out, like it's a simple equation.
0: Mm.
2: I like Gary's as well. Don't mess
0: about, grab a laout.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. With that, you have to say, (laughs) don't mess (laughs) about. Yeah. Grab a laout. Yeah. And it is brewed in Scotland.
2: So you can say that. Simon Chumbawamba. No, no, says Chumbruwamba. Chumbruwamba. That that
0: is (laughs) good. Good.
2: Again, definitely in advertising. And lots of people messaging us with this one. Laute, it's not for Carl's. No, that's good. Yeah, so look, we've been told we can get a few of these out potentially. There'll be a few billboards. So just uh, send us a message with your best one and, and we'll work out which ones we think work. And yeah, team effort, everyone. This is good. So
3: let's move on from billboards and let's talk music nathan produced that brilliant jingle which prompted loads of you to get in touch with your efforts let's have a listen to this one from will from Hull.
4: oh shake it up, oh, baby now shake it baby crisps and loud crisps and loud you know they look so good look so good you know they taste so fine taste so fine oh Oh, oh. we will shake it up oh, baby now I'll shake it baby. Crisps and lout, crisps and loud Oh, that is a better combination than crouching for crisps and lout. Love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> These videos really make me smile. I mean that was a video. That was that's fantastic.
4: Yeah, I really like that. It's uh,
2: it's catchy. I like the Oh, Ooh. good it's a good wedding song that as well. We can we can use that. Who's that by? It's Twist and Shout. Yeah. We're not going to get the Beatles, I'm afraid, for... Uh... No. <laughs> I won't even have, they bother... said, have they said no? Won't bother sending that email. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, we work hard to kind of elevate everything you guys send in ideas-wise. Like, honestly, have we mentioned what happened with the Baja men yet? Yeah. No. <laughs> do, do, do you want to say what happened with them? We did reach out, didn't we? We reached out to the Baja men, but similar to Camilla Cabello... They don't want to be associated apparently to um any alcoholic beverage. Yeah, I, I I thought it was an odd one, but um you never know, they might change their mind. People can make mistakes, <laughs> including the Baja then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but keep the jingles coming in and little songs that we can use to promote it. I think people are every week there seems to be another one. I'm just trying to think. It's generally if the if the word out is in a song, you can make it work. But you get the idea. Loud. Love, <laughs> yeah, Love, that's perfect. That's, that's the best, and J Lo, of
3: course. Speaking of celebrity endorsement, we have got a message from Scott in Scunthorpe. What about Matt Loughton of Burnley to be a celebrity ambassador for the Lout? Yeah, I like that. Huge fan of that. I think he fits our brand perfectly.
0: Good lad, unassuming player, good technical ability,
2: good last name for the Lout. Obviously, yeah. Loughton. Um, I. Don't you want to go down the stereotypical influencer route, though? I'm quite keen for us to get, you know, people that n- would never have heard of this podcast or, or yeah, the low Laou- influencing it as if we've and we probably would pay them. We've paid them to advertise it. Yeah, it's another way of passing the pod because there'll be people listening that encounter these sort of celebrities that have like a ludicrous amount of followers on social, but maybe don't know about the podcast or or the lau. And if you can get them endorsing it, uh, a bit like what Crouchy did with Camilla Cabello, where he basically tried to get her to talk about the um, the drink. But, But... but then she said she didn't want to be associated with, yeah, with it. Yeah, just after the, after the event, she told me she had absolutely nothing to do with it. But, you know, if you walked, if you pass a Gemma Collins on the road or, or, or whatever, see if you can get like a little video or just shout it at them and get a thumbs up from them <laughs> and then we'll whack it together in a big compilation video. And, and pretend make... it's a promotional video. Yeah, Perfect. yeah. So anyone who's listened to the pod will realise there's now adverts on it. And we thought it's only fair to offer a space on each episode where a listener can come on and, and sell something of their own. And uh, it's been wonderful, this. We weren't sure when we started this what kind of adverts we'd get. Uh, do you remember, Crouchy, we had Laurie, who had what he described as a fucking massive printer. Yeah, I, I do love the fact that he called it. It's the way he said it. Good news is he's managed to get rid of the fucking massive printer. Someone's apparently bought it for a fiver. And that's what this is all about. Win-win. Exactly. You've got some old crap that you need to get rid of. We've got a very successful podcast. Loads of people listening. Come on and, you know, get your stuff advertised. Hopefully get a bit of money for it. We've also managed to help sell an apartment. That happened. Uh, we sort of set up our own estate agency, haven't we, Crouchy? Yeah, net. Yeah, as well as a yacht, a mini fridge, and a filing cabinet. Are you boys ready to hear this week's advert? Absolutely. Here we go.
3: Hey up, guys. After being rejected for OnlyFans, I decided to go to GoDaddy after being inspired by Chris's advert and set up www.mykidscrapdrawing.co.uk as I decided it wasn't fair that only I had to put up with their crap drawings. So, if you have a celebration coming up, a birthday, an anniversary, or a wedding, I could get one of my six-year-olds to draw you a crap picture. Thank you.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) Is he saying that in front of them? Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, I don't know what to say to that. It's a a website
2: he's set up. Yeah. Should we have a quick look at the website? See what's going on here. So, uh, mykidscrapdrawing.co.uk. Welcome.
0: Look for a stunning watercolor of picturesque seaside location. Well sorry, you're in the wrong place. We only do the finest pictures of llamas that look like hippos or a few squiggy lines that are meant to be their grandma. We can do personalized crap pictures. Just DM us on our socials for a quote.
3: So guys, I've got the I've got the gallery,
2: if we can call it that.
0: It's good. Oh wow.
2: For me, with the adverts, the kids cheering in the background. They seem happy.
0: They seem happy with it.
2: They do seem happy, don't they? They, they do. I think that's important. I mean, you
0: don't know the ins and outs of it all, do we? But they seem really pleased with it. And I hope they, they are. Mm. These are crap, though, aren't they? <laughs> right, well, so I hope you've learned a few things today about uh, professional footballers and their, their contracts. Hopefully you have. Absolutely. It's difficult because contracts are so secretive, aren't they? But like, I wanted to be as open as I can, put it on the table, let you have a look through and hopefully learn
2: about them. Yeah, we're only on page two, so I think it'd be good to come back to this another time. I think mean, there's lots to uh, jump off from it. We yeah. haven't even looked into the Chumba Wumba clause either. Yeah, this should be a Chumbawamba clause. You go down and then back up again. You increase your wage 100%. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. You should have a Chumbawamba in it, shouldn't you?
2: Yeah, it's a nice idea. Anyway, we'll be back stronger with our next episode uh, next week. Chumbawamba, everyone. Chumbawamba.
1: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ
0: This episode is brought
2: to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, What can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, Let's go to a load of pricks.net. But, Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you?